This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt. Joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. I just got back from uh, from the bar there. Uh, somber moment, but the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, Soldiers On. Episode 313, Parting Shot, is brought to you by Moscow's Borscht Burgers. No amount of cheddar or porcini mushrooms is going to mask the taste of them. And Pete, a quick programming note. We will be uh, certainly busy bees this week, uh, this upcoming holiday weekend. You have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. There will be Daredevil on Thursday. And then, Pete, we're going to the movies. It's Batman v. Superman. The reviews have said it's a little janky, but uh, we're certainly going in there with an open heart. I'm a huge Superman fan. Definitely hoping for the best, although uh, prepared for, let's say, less than the best. Yes, so we're going to hit you with uh, guilt-laden Catholicism, and uh, we'll cross over with the uh, Judeo-Christian Superman uh, mythos. And uh, I'll echo like Matt, you know, uh, Superman was my guy. I was in that Christopher Reeve era um, and uh, wanted to love it, Matt, but it sadly didn't happen. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser begins here with uh, Bobby in custody being questioned in an Interpol black site in Moscow. Uh, She's told how uh, lucky she is that her government has intervened. Um, And uh, as serious as this is, having uh, killed three high ranking members um, and and having been former shield agents as they are do you have something to say of course Bobby Morse does she'd like a cheddar cheeseburger medium you know lettuce the works and curly fries Pete, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about a lot of things, and one of them is about the girl power. And what I appreciate here is that Bobby, she hungry. Pete, she doesn't mind ripping into a burger there. That's, it might be a small story point, but you know what? Don't be afraid. Dig on into that burger. It's all good. What were they doing in Siberia, though, Matt? We flash back 34 hours earlier with hunter and bobby running in uh what looks like southern california with a nice coating of snow pete let me go ahead and read my notes to you verbatim there's a lot of soap on the ground because that's how it snows in california (laughs) um and i'll give them credit they had me for a minute and then i'm saying wait a minute those are the san andreas mountains right there (laughs) Those those ain't the Caucasus. Those are Caucasian people, but those not Caucasian mountains. Um, Hunter, of course, laments that he should have stretched before they decided to run in what is standing in for Siberia. Um, but he did not. 
mention here of a detonator. On uh, Zephyr 1, uh, Bobby has lit a target, which they are now tracking. It is Malik's convoy, Bobby and Hunter having uh, flown in the belly of the beast of, uh, I believe it was Malik's ride extended to uh, the Russian Mr. Petrov. I am okay with the fact that they don't show how they got out of the plane. It's it is it in theory some kind of you know weak point in the story where you know how are they going to get out undetected? You know they're spies, whatever. You you can take dramatic license, and there's a couple points in this episode where they do just that, and if it works, it works. It's kind of like no harm, no foul, and. Um, there they are. There's exposition about how the Inhuman Sanctuary in Siberia will actually be a prison camp. Um, and do they need help, Bobby and Hunter? Nope. They chop-chop the uh, soldiers they find, and uh, away we go to the title card. Yeah, Daisy uh, laments that, uh, of course, it's going to be a decommissioned power plant. You know, why is it always the uh, depressing places that they pick for this and uh, Coulson talking about it's the same reason they don't put it in Malibu, not in my backyard. Title card. Pete, after the title card, Hunter's being questioned. He's he's his uh, cocky, charming best, and he spills only that one should be cooking with those dried porcini mushrooms. Yes, he's uh, told the interrogator that they were on holiday to pick the mushrooms. Who ordered the assassination? The interrogator asks, well, you know, assassination, we were uh, accosted in the woods by a bunch of ham-fisted, probably drunken soldiers. I just want to make the dried porcini mushroom soup, man. The story moves not forward, but backwards by way of a flashback to 31 hours ago. Hunter comedy overfloweth. Uh, there's talk uh, between him and Fitz about the Amazon documentary. Uh, I'm assuming, Pete, they're talking about the river and not the company. Um, because uh, a documentary about the company would probably just be about long hours standing on your feet getting repetitive stress syndrome. But I digress. It might feel muddy, Pete, but there's narrative clarity from Colson. The bad guys want to kill a Russian, or pardon me, not the bad guys, the good guys want to kill a Russian national on Russian soil. <laughs> I'd hate to see that blowback. Yeah, um, I really enjoy, especially in retrospect, the the moment here with uh, Bobby and Hunter in the woods, uh, the non-stressful, quiet moment that they have in the episode where, uh, you know, there's there's a little banter back and forth. Uh, he tells her to get her mind out of the gutter. Um, and there's this informing of, of their history, maybe as much as we've ever gotten before, that, uh, you know, wait a minute, we were uh, in Rio on a stakeout. No, no, that wasn't it. San Diego, no, visiting your mom, that doesn't count. What about Florence? No, Hunter wasn't on that trip. <laughs> um, and everything that they've been through here and about to go through, not even arguably, about to go through their greatest challenge ever to, to recap their history, narratively efficient, and might I say, poignant. 
Absolutely. It's a, it's an earned quiet moment in the story and uh, the notion that they have not taken a proper vacation in forever uh, is, is mentioned there by Hunter who also asks, where's the line? And he floats again that he wants to, to leave shield and take Bobby with him. Now, fine. If you want to be a cynic, he's floated this a couple episodes ago, or at least yes. in the last couple episodes, because they're setting up this episode where they leave and get their spin off and all of that. But it's earned here. Hunter has never been team shield. This is from the first time we saw him with, with Izzy in Idaho to the tentative. Okay. I'll come back and okay, well, I guess I'll stick around. This is all consistent with the character. And this is, this is 100% earned. It is. And he mentions the sacrifices that they've made. Um, he's been on the show longer uh, since the first episode of that second season of last season. And what both of them now have shared about half of the history of the show. So to earn their parting shots by the end of this episode is certainly something that we come to see but uh you know talking about how their their friends have uh have gone through everything that they have um and now they're surveilling a the, what they think is the last head of hydra this could be somebody that if we don't take him out if we don't assassinate him maybe go off book from what colson wants this could come back to bite us in the way that creel did in the way that other things have and this concept of needing a break and and here's where they're they're speaking to you know the tv situation in the tv show you know bobby's you know, the, the voice to the viewer, wait, are you saying you want a vacation or something else like our own TV show? Um, and it's at that point that they're suddenly caught by men with flashlights to go into an act break. Pete, we return from the break in act two and Bobby and Hunter are playing the ignorant Americans. Okay. Well, Bobby, mostly Hunter, not being American, <laughs> but certainly that stereotype of gee whiz, I'm not from here. Is this, where I do things and stuff. Um, Please don't <laughs> shoot. So sorry. Indeed. We were just, mushroom picking. <laughs> just looking for mushrooms by this decommissioned nuclear power plant or whatever. Yeah. Um, fun little back and forth there of we see how cheesy it is. The guards see how cheesy it is. Right. They note so in Russian. Bobby responds in Russian. Boom, boom. Hit, You're hit. not idiots. You're just slow. Truncheons. And away we go. The story moves to the Quinjet landing. Pete, we got a whole team there. They're outfitting themselves, what with the vests and the unpacking of things. We got your Bobby. We got your Hunter. We got your Daisy. We got your Mac. Pete, they even have May, who is not shown enough in the series. I hope they open up a hole in the cast or two to get more May. Um, and May reminds everyone, Pete, low profile. No one gets caught. Hashtag ironic because this is uh, being told in flashback in media's rest and uh, they get caught. And there are cabinet ministers who have arrived. The mushroom through line continues. Uh, Yeah, you know, to make the soup. But this powwow that's coming with these cabinet ministers, um, they had also seen somebody uh, in a a man uh, carted off in a, uh, a biotech cart there. 
discussion moves to how good is your Russian? May's pronunciation is off. Mac's pronunciation is non-existent. Daisy once dated a Russian hacker. So, yeah, it's all yours, Rosetta Stone. Back to the present day, Hunter says his full name is Amadeus Ravenclaw Hunter. By the way, Pete, a nice time to recommend to people, if ever you're on the West Coast, do the Warner Brothers studio tour. You can see Harry Potter stuff, including the sorting hat. It's pretty awesome. I know which house I got. Which house would you get, Pete? Of course, Slytherin Hail Hydra. We intercut with Bobby being questioned too, but they're not giving up anything, Pete. The montage here is particularly effective going back and forth between the two of them. Fairly certain that the recipe that um, Hunter is reciting is the soup Nazis from Seinfeld. In all seriousness? I'm pretty sure I need to go back and compare it. But, you know, start with four ounces, shop porcini mushrooms. I'm pretty sure that's the one that uh, Elaine reads um, once she's in possession of the armoire, which has all of the soup Nazis uh, recipes in it. Wow. Get on that, listeners. Let's 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 double check that here. And uh, with that, I have Pete, the DVDs, but Matt, we have a podcast to record. I mean, it's the level <laughs> that we're going to get this out or go back and and confirm that. But it it Pete, was Pete, really we, close. We have four podcasts to record: <laughs> Shield, Daredevil, Batman, Superman, and Daredevil again. And we love doing it. By the way, we, we no, no harumphing. No, oh, I'm no. so tireding. No, no, Bring no, no, no. it on. But there, there is the. Uh, I think part of the adrenaline is that rush to to get it to air. So you'll forgive us not cracking out the DVDs and and frame by frame in it right now. <laughs> With that, Pete, boom, boom, boom. Conclusion from Interpol: Hunter is going to hang. That's my Seinfeld thing, or be shot, or something. Back in the past, who are these people? It's May and Hunter, skulking about. Now let's do a five-minute set on the word skulk. Yeah, uh, I think we're 28 hours earlier, um, thereabouts. The discussion here, May and Hunter, Bobby and Mac. Daisy, meanwhile, is trying to hack in. And now Malik and Petrov are on the scene here. Uh, inspecting Bobby Da is undercover and uh, ring cam uh, in play. And uh, the subject turns to the prime minister's attache. And Matt, I got to be honest, there's some seriously muddy foreign characters happening in the middle of this episode that I think require a fair amount of sorting out. Well, there's the attache. He's plump and dead, so we're clear on that. Um, there's the Russian guy who's dealing with Malik, who has a name, Pete, that you're going to tell us. Petrov. Petrov. Then there's the Russian prime minister, who's called Russian prime minister a whole bunch of times, and then Dmitry later. There's by a his general. Matthew. There's the general called General. So Who is the inhuman? Who is the Inhuman? So I think it's muddy insofar as 
um, usually we refer to we refer to people by names, and instead we have the Russian Prime Minister's personal attaché, the general who was also an inhuman, the Russian Prime Minister, and um, Petrov, who I keep wanting to call Medvedev, but that's a real right. guy. <laughs> um, and, and and Putin, and well, and Putin, but I, I won't say anything bad about Putin. You know why, Pete? Because he's listening. Not not only is he probably listening, I just want to say hello, Vlad. Uh, good to good to have you listening. But uh, people who oppose him usually um, accidentally fall out windows and shoot themselves in the crotch eight times before falling on the ground, totally by accident. So I don't want that to happen to me. Or their tea is spiked with uh, cadmium and they die horribly of radiation poisoning. So hello to our listeners in Russia. And we do indeed have listeners in Russia and we love them the same as we love everybody else. And none of this was meant with any kind of offense towards your government. Pete, you know right now the, the, the competing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcasts who, of course, listen. Uh, they're saying you don't have listeners in Russia Remind me tomorrow, first listener tomorrow, to remind me to post a map showing that we have listeners in Russia. Uh, I'll give you a big hearty thanks on the old the Twitter. But back to this, Pete. Mac, Daisy, and Bobby are in the tech center. It's an old-timey tech center. And Pete, darn it if the keyboard isn't in Cyrillic. And it's hacking time. Hashtag Red Storm. Or whatever that was called. That was Red Storm, right? <laughs> All the intrigue here settling around the uh, deceased prime minister's attache and uh, that the prime minister is against the sanctuary state that Petrov wants to set up. Um, the discussion of the world's first inhuman politician being in play and uh, one that would have access to nuclear launch clothes. But where's the general now, Matt, is the real question. The general is in custody, and uh, we see that quickly on the old-timey tech, I think, that uh, that uh, Daisy is operating. Um, and Pete, we then move to Malik's meeting, that's so alliterative. And he, 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 he spells it out, Pete. He says that this, this uh, sanctuary is going to work. The Native American reservation system saved those tribes, just like they want to do for the Inhumans. And um, A, um, that's a really backward uh, yeah. w- way of looking <laughs> at it. And B, I just want to point out, Pete, I think that they're going to keep these Inhumans in the sanctuary with a wall. And I mean a really big wall not just the kind of wall that you could use a ladder from home depot to get over either it's gonna be huge i'm told but uh only a bad guy a villain on episodic uh, episodic tv can make a reference to dignitaries from another country and reference the horrible experience that native americans went through that they were saved it it (laughs) I can add nothing other than to say yes. It's 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 a bad guy putting lipstick on a pig. Um, if that's not TV code for I'm a bastard, and my audience knows I'm a bastard, yet I'm gonna carry these airs that we're gonna protect these people. Um, yeah, that was pretty rough. But he also refers to what they're gonna do 
here that this is a tipping point. Humanity has to make these choices that will ensure their survival and that the prime minister is not the leader here. And Colson has to say it, Matt, because otherwise we're unsure. Malik is staging a coup. He he needs to say that, Pete. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Three words. Powers, booth, gravitas. Him talking <laughs> about the need to build this sanctuary. You almost want to believe it. And and I mean, this is you know, for all the imperfections that this show might have, um, which is not many, and for all the times that it doesn't go super deep, you know, as deep as Jessica Jones and PTSD and and uh gender culture and all of that this is a show that gets great actors as cast members great actors as recurring cast and guest cast and powers booth is maybe the best of all and and uh, he has pete the powers to pull you over to his side Act three here, Matt and Bobby back in the interrogation room and the guy comes in the interrogator with a cup of coffee um, and the discussion centers around uh, admitting that she works for S.H.I.E.L.D. and perhaps she can spare her ex-husband from a firing squad. She notes that uh, though S.H.I.E.L.D. is in the shadows, Malik is even more shadowy get it pete they're foreshadowing the shadows which have already occurred for her but not yet occurred for we the audience it's shadow play yes and back 21 hours earlier now we have may and hunter waiting in really i think the second most important discussion in this episode there is discussion about uh, how how Hunter and May are not friends. May doesn't trust him, calling him selfish. He takes umbrage to that, saying that he is willing to protect the team, the individuals within the team, but he's not about the shield on the wall. And May notes in return that it is about the group, it is about shield, it is about the mission, it's not about these personal connections. Yeah, and this is essentially the the thesis of the episode, Matt, when he mentions that he would take a bullet for any one of them. And May has called him out uh, before that he's really just there for Bobby um, and explaining that you've got to be willing to do that for more than just her um, and, and even to sacrifice her in the name of the mission the same way she has with uh andrew with that the guys who were taking selfies side note pete on the social medias this week uh nick blood posted a picture of himself and ian decacuster at an la galaxy game i gather that's the european game of footed ball or soccers as we call it um but joking aside it's nice it's what we all want as fans. These people actually like each other and hang out when they're not working. Um, so it's all selfie-necked. But the, the guards taking selfies move on, says Bobby. Um, other guys are on the move. Uh, she's trailing Malik but loses him when a suit asks her where her tie is. And she, she takes him out because the guy in the suit is all like, Hey, I need to separate you from the group for narrative purposes. And she's like, Russian, Russian, boom. <laughs> You're handsome. <laughs> and, and then she needs unlocking. Jude, so that's judo chop. 
because she now needs unlocking, we get to kind of keep Daisy in the story because she's trying to hack the door open because they're just kind of in narrative timeout room and she goes clickety-clickety. Um, then Pete, update from Zephyr 1 about the dude's neck, the unnamed Russian prime minister's personal attache. Yes, Simmons has analyzed the data and believes they have the cause of death. And Fitz adds, he seems to have been strangled, but without being touched. It's at this point uh, that Mac sees something on the uh, tremendously dated technology, the, the chair that's being guarded, something move. Wait a minute, Daisy. Are we, uh, you know, uh, recording this tape? Sure, let's play it back. Uh, meanwhile, Coulson uh, is uh, given the heads up that the prime minister's detail is coming there, that there's an inhuman assassin on the loose they need to stop. Uh, and it's at that point that the inhuman that we all just know we just saw get up out of a chair uh, the shadow materializes into the wall. Nice little effect there with which to end the act. It appears for a moment that it's Bobby, Bobby's shadow, that it's her shadow that's moving, but instead it goes through the wall. And uh, and uh, nice little effect there indeed. All righty, Matt. Let me tell you now about NJ Toys and Collectibles, which has been family owned and operated with a passion for toys and collectibles for over 20 years. They carry a wide variety of items from Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Boy, those are timely this week, as well as many other comic heroes. They proudly ship internationally. And if you buy now and use our exclusive coupon code, podcast that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can save 10 percent on your first order nj toys and collectibles is your source for exceptional vintage and modern toys visit www.njtoysandcollectibles.com that's nj toys and collectibles today Pete, we return from the act break with the Russian prime minister having arrived. Colson wants to protect him, you know, because they're the good guys, and separate him from the general. Also, Simmons is figuring out the shadow. That's my the shadow impression. It is. Pete, how does S.H.I.E.L.D. attack in a non-lethal way in order to separate the general from the prime minister of Russia? Very carefully, in in Russia, Shadow follows you. Um, and it's like a shadow with the smoke bomb that they throw in. Uh, the second smoke bomb that we've podcasted about this week, Daredevil connection, although no narrative connection, just a weird, a weird life connection. And aren't they all? Uh, Pete, with that, the general he Simmons summons the shadow <laughs> and uh it's uh, impervious to punches batons and quake power yeah um colson calling them off malik all right let's protect the prime minister creates this showdown 
they've got to be careful of the assassin as they call out. They're not quite sure what his powers are yet. And we aren't either when they meet with him. Um, the prime minister is asking about his attache, Yuri. We do get a name there, but other than that, you know, it's still a little nebulous. Um, but, uh, you know, called out as traitors, smoke grenade here. We've got, uh, May in, uh, suddenly Bobby is, uh, you know, jumping around and, um, and Daisy may not be fluent in Russian, but she knows a threat when she hears one. The shadow blob, as I read my notes, Matt, attacks, truncheons, quakes, and suddenly the general is gone. But biotechity tech, he is explained as sentient dark matter. They can only fight him, not destroy him. And that certainly is made super clear. Um, twice, in, I believe. Twice. Uh, to be fair, it's because of where it's headed and because the only way then to fight him is to stop him in in, in the big way, Pete. Um, we we get um, we get the, the quite good uh, fight between uh, the shadow and Bobby and Daisy. Um, then Pete, it's decision time. Bobby runs off because she has uh, has the solution. And uh, Pete, what sad solution is that? Yes, Matt. Bobby caps the general and surrenders. Meanwhile, Pete hunters with the Russian prime minister, promising to keep him safe. Uh, there's the quick multiple shooting of Petrov. So bad guy dispatched. We see that Hunter has successfully kept the uh, Russian prime minister safe, but suddenly he's around, uh, surrounded by Russian army, and he's getting arrested too. And uh, it's just all—it's all chaos there, Pete. Yeah, the the word over the comms, Hunt, uh, Hunter Bobby having surrendered. She wants to make sure Hunter is okay. Answer me nothing as we end that fourth act. Pete, after the act break, we see Hunter bring brought to Bobby. It's their last moment. Uh, at least that's how the show is selling it. And snark aside, it's a truly touching moment. And the show is committing to it fully. We might know otherwise, but in story and in, in universe, this just works. This is a no-win scenario. Hunter will be taken before the firing squad. And I give them credit to committing to this because at a certain point you kind of you know the audience knows and you know it's it's a small audience that watches this show most of them probably know that there's a spinoff in the works um but the show does not acknowledge that within its story they're given the room uh cuffed next to one another and um i really liked the way that this scene was shot we have the the profile together in shadow if that wasn't symbolic in light of the shadowy and human they had fought uh then there you go and then we settle on the hands and even a little humor here that you know there's there's no cheeseburger here and there's no cheeseburgers where we're going um but hunter talks about this hypothetical way out on the other side of the glass, 
<clears throat> we have uh, the Prime Minister and American President Matthew Ellis watching this transpire. Um, Ellis is running interference here. These aren't shield agents because, of course, you know there is no shield. Everyone knows that. Ha ha. But uh, President, I'm sorry, Prime Minister Dimitri is threatening to make this incident public. And that's when Colson reveals himself to us, the audience, that uh, to be fair, two of the three men who were killed were trying to kill you, Mr. Prime Minister. And it's, it's a nice moment where we know Ellis has shield operating secretly, but it's like, Oh, there is no shield, you know, like, Oh, has he changed his position? Um, and the notion of, of his, his special advisor Colson being there is like, Oh, okay. You know, now we know which side of the gag president Ellis, uh, is, is in. Um, and then Colson goes in to talk to Bobby and to Hunter. And that's when he uses his hand to fits or futz with the cameras. Yeah. Um, getting to talk to them, you know, behind the glass, but uh, unheard since the audio drops away that uh, after he introduces himself as Phil Coulson and wants to ask them a couple questions, tells them they've got 90 seconds that the uh, EMP is going to go. We'll, we'll get you back. We'll change your IDs. We'll hide your families. No more field work. And they're like, no, no, the right thing here is to to face the music there's not going to be an extraction well what about other options uh they're going to be the shield that the right thing to do is to take the bullet they've discussed it it's time um and uh then the audio clicks back on colson telling them as the ruse you've got to be more careful with your vacation plans um but uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. no longer existing. We all know how this is going to go down. And let me just say a little bit, Matt, you had mentioned before, you know, that, that the audience, most of the audience was aware of what was coming. Even you and your spoiler-free uh, ivory tower uh, were aware of this. Uh, it's been an ivory tower on a golden pedestal, by the way. <laughs> on a hill. On a shining hill, a, a, a beacon of ignorance. But it's a, it's a thousand points of light, Pete. Yes. That aside, this uh, spinoff, which still does not have a place firmly on the schedule, and we can discuss the benefits versus the disadvantages of it getting picked up in a moment. But this pilot, this backdoor pilot, has existed in some way, shape, or form for more than a year. I'm going to posit as the replacement should Carter not have come back for season two, which against everybody's um, you know thinking, it did, and for more episodes. So 
clearly the decision was made. It wasn't time yet. We've just gotten to know Bobby Morse, the Mockingbird, and Lance Hunter. Let's keep them around a little more. Let's let's season them. Let's let's get to know them a little bit. And it's paid off at least dramatically here. We really feel this scene. We really feel the following scene. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's not the uh, transaction you make. It's the one that you don't. And they didn't spin them off yet there. And that was the wise decision. But, Matt, what happens if most wanted marvel's most wanted the mockingbird lance hunter delroy lindo show gets a spot on the abc schedule the low live viewing numbers for agent carter have condemned the show in my view there there's the basic business math that must have been discussed at ABC to say, yes, shield ratings are on a slow decline, but it's as recently as this last week, uh, as this week for last week's episode, that when you look at the live plus three numbers, Agents of Shield is a top 25 show. That it's not a, a an amazing number that it has, but think of all the shows on broadcast TV, Agents of Shield in live plus three, which is much more important to advertisers than live plus seven. Um, it's a top 25 show. So if you could keep that audience around for the eight to 10 weeks uh, in the, in the winter break, then, then you can, it's as simple as that. So to me, the show that's more like shield with people from shield that's been spun off where it takes place in this day with modern shield spy sensibilities that's what's going to get the nod to try and hang on to the 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 1.8 rating that shield gets after uh, you know with live plus three they're going to try and make that again shield the next generation if you will so those are my thoughts pete nevertheless matt colson thanks bobby and hunter for their bravery for the sacrifices they've made let's them know that they're responsible for saving the life of the prime minister um and even the president uh is you know witnessing what's gone on here so it's not as if they haven't earned a place in the pantheon of uh heroes for this super secret organization, albeit now disavowed, as Colson explains back on Zephyr One. There were no other options. It was all that he could do to keep them alive. But this is Cold War bad. And uh, he assures everybody there as it's hitting them that they never cracked under the questioning um, that... Uh, Mac in particular, and, and when we get to the, the bar in a moment, he's the one who's, whose face just hits you the most because he's the closest with these characters, um, you know, was, was saying they can't take the fall, but it was their choice. And the way that uh, Coulson and particularly Clark, Greg, selling this, again, I, I think the best drama references 
the situation that they're actually dealing with. And here is Clark Gregg saying it as Coulson, you know, I'll miss them too. I buy in this scene, Max brokenheartedness, but it's in the next scene where I, I will argue in a moment that it's not Mac, it's Henry Simmons, Mm -hmm. but, but we'll get to that in a moment. The story moves to a nondescript bar and uh, uh, Bobby and Hunter are there talking about where they will run to. Trinidad and Tobago or Bora Bora. And suddenly some drinks come over. And it's it's extremely touching as these drinks are bought from afar. Uh, we get uh, Gemma. We get Fitz. And then one after another after another. May and Daisy and Mac and Colson. <gasps> it's and- a sp- Spies goodbye, Matt. Spies goodbye. And as as much as that line might be a little cutesy wootsy, and even even as much as you might say, well, this isn't very spyish because they're all there and they can all be seen. There are times, rare times, when the story overcomes its own universe because we know it's a story. And it's not even a writer's gimme or hand of the writer. There are just times that the story has to go somewhere and it just goes there. And that's what's happening here. You don't need to explain how public or not public they are. This is the moment that it needs to be as they silently toast their comrades. Yeah. By the time that May and Mac and even Daisy, who, you know, my my only qualm with this scene the, the light near her, uh, not a spotlight per, uh, per se, but the, the light that was meant to go on by her back booth was a half second late and, and just took me out of it for a brief second. Everybody here uh, raising their glasses to Bobby and to Hunter. And, uh, you know, that look, like you said, of uh, Henry Simmons as Mac, that really sells the scene. And then they leave it in a nice place with uh, Bobby and Hunter holding hands. The looks on on everyone's face, particularly Henry Simmons and especially Adrian Palicki. I mean, it's heartbreaking, and I think that you, you know, you don't see Mac and you don't see Bobby. You see Henry Simmons, you see Adrian Palicki. Pete, this production would have been ill served to shoot this scene any other time mm-hmm. than on the last evening of their last day shooting this episode and wrapping these people. These actors need to act with in fake situations give them something real give them the final time that they are on this show perhaps forever and look if marvel's most wanted doesn't get picked up they'll be back if the show crashes and burns they'll be back you know whatever there there are there are parachutes here but they're saying goodbye to this production that they have been a part of for 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 most of its time and I mean, you just buy every last emotion from from all these people as the act ends. The writing is never done in a vacuum. And as I mentioned before, we've been hearing about Most Wanted as a concept for more than a year, which means behind closed doors, it's, it's existed even longer. But for them to be able to sell this scene with all of the audience's knowledge of what's going on, 
I think makes it even more touching. Pete, with that, there is the tag scene. We were expecting Delroy Lindo, who will be in Most Wanted. But instead, Pete, we get Malik a shootin' with a blonde woman who's not Adrian Palicki. Thanks for confusing me. <laughs> hey, Dad, how was uh, Russia? Oh, it didn't go well. Let me guess. S.H.I.E.L.D. But when do I get to meet you-know-who? Pete, she must be mentioning Squidward, who, of course, is there to change the world. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Let's begin, Matt, with Malik. Yeah, I mean, once again, carrying the uh, carrying the the forces of bad in this. Uh, as mentioned before, though. Uh, you buy his perception of things. You buy his take of things. And you mean it, his perception of the maybe saddest chapter in our country's history with the Native Americans? I agree. Let me put it this way he is wrong in that view and in that statement. But it is an interesting notion to kind of say, well, we were playing a zero-sum game and we got a little bit left over, so that's good. Let's plan for that more. Um, let me put it this way. In a vacuum, it is difficult to argue against, particularly if we bring it back completely to fiction town here and say there is this rising threat to inhumans and we need to somehow protect them even if that's... Uh, you know, even if we need to build that wall around them to protect them, which obviously is a slippery slope and obviously is coming from the bad guy. And I'm not I'm not advocating for it. Oh, of course not. I it's just, just an interesting perspective. Yeah. And, you know, with that illusion floated that whatever the inhuman sanctuary state Hydra analogy is going to be to offering these inhumans uh, smallpox tainted blankets under the guise of, hey, we care about you, whether it's some form of control, whether it's just turning them over to uh, wards, uh, you know, new whatever he is. Um, you know something's coming. You're waiting for that other shoe to drop with his uh agenda pete all i know is this is i don't need a wall built around me to keep me safe from the government oh i'm gonna send you a text now and uh i'm sure glad nobody can read that because it was some pretty awful stuff who's next on the dossier matt petroff and his sanctuary state solution well, it looks like the writerly solution was simply to not keep him around past this episode. So I guess that's what he gets for offering what he knows is a is a, a bad deal to the inhuman community. Um, I, I guess he kind of had his uh, had his just comeuppance there. I, I guess that's what happens when you marginalize a, a, a group of people and want to exploit them for your uh, for your behalf. If Malik is going to employ the Native American illusion that Petrov would amass these powered individuals under 
the guise of their protection and seek to employ uh, their use, you know, essentially creating a, a powered army. And we know obviously what, what Squidward and, and what Hydra is hoping to do with them. Um, it, it's smart to, to set up the difference between the two of them, yet at the same time that he doesn't have the allegiance to Hydra that Malik does. So his were almost a little bit more noble intentions, although gone wrong, whereas Malik's are clearly malevolent. I think that's a fair distinction to make and, and probably a point that could easily be lost in the, the, the other shufflings of the last two episodes. So he, he, he had a vision. It was just poor execution. And as a result, he was executed. Lastly, Matt, maybe not a more fitting name on this uh, dossier, general inhuman in that he was generally inhuman and really general. (laughs) It's a fun power that I could see why they didn't let the power stick around because let's just break down how they would make this happen on screen. They had a muscular guy in a green suit fighting and then they erased him and put, you know, smoke shadow guy so i suppose there are limitations because at the end of the day it's just a guy that they're fighting it's just an interesting fight it's a fight where sometimes he disappears when actor stunt actor is thrown to the ground you then just make him disappear completely because he's gone through the floor um but conversely i kind of feel like it's a power that i would have liked to see more of um i think of some of the powered folks that we saw last season that that uh you know that they came back in uh in multiple episodes so oh well though bobby bobby stopped that one easy peasy welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize matt what's up with gideon malik's little girl did not see that coming i mean it's not a huge twist and it is a fitting time to not have a huge twist but uh, I don't know. I mean, the inclusion of a new character certainly signals a new direction to some degree. Um, I think we have a couple of options with the daughter here. Either the daughter replaces dad or the dad has to avenge the daughter's death. Um, and with, what, nine episodes to go, we're kind of, I, I guess either of those options are possible. I know one thing, Pete. I know for sure that Powers Booth, who is an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., recurring guest actor male over the age of 50 will not survive the season (laughs) because that's how it's done preemptive moment of silence absolutely (laughs) the you know we've had um women in hydra this is not new but we've never had uh high-ranking female members of hydra Clearly, she is aware of uh, Ward and, um, you know, you would think that would be a way to go that she doesn't know. Oh, what's my dad who I know is uh, working with this uh, bad secret organization up to, oh, my God, he has an evil entity from the other side of the universe. No, instead, she's in on it. So we. Again, dramatically, we defeat the expectation right up front. This humanizes Malik in a way we've not seen yet. 
And it's one thing when he is this defrocked uh, World Security Council member who's now cutting deals on behalf of Hydra to get his hands on inhumans. It's another thing when his daughter is in the scenario and aware of everything that's going on and kind of uh, a tough cookie with the skeet shooting and everything else. So, Matt, I'm just going to yell, pull. I am going to double down on one of the two theories I just proposed because, Pete, you can't spell Daedalus without dad. And Malik the the dad is dad to the daughter she is pulled towards the 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 magnetism the the son sun if you will mm-hmm. of squidward i propose that she will be icarus and fly too close to that son and pay the price and who will be left distraught but dad but daedalus malik himself and um with that he can then be uh captured by shield in the beginning of episode 222 and then we can spend a half hour with the after effects and setting up the fourth season of agents of shield well, so that's listen, my we, prediction for may we we just restored squidward's ward looks too and she's an attractive gal he's an attractive guy so don't think that that's not going to be part of it either transmissions Open the mailbag, Matt. Let's check the wire. Pete, first up, some tweets from Brandon. That's at Toa, T-O-A, underscore of, underscore pi, uh, who had a little bit of a, a, a negative take on the episode. Brandon says, I really did not like that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. They got rid of the two best characters in a really contrived way. Except for creating a new show, there's no reason S.H.I.E.L.D. couldn't have picked them up back after. I really like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the back half of the season has no momentum at all. Uh, at all, They're trying to do too many plot lines if there's not enough tying the episodes together. I don't even think Yo-Yo has been mentioned since her debut. Hive was absent this week, and where was Mac last week? Uh, coming off Agent Carter's tight focus, it seems like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't uh, know where they're trying to go. And uh, Brandon concluding by saying, okay, I'm done. Sorry about the rant, but I had to get that off my chest. No, no, we we, we like to hear. No, I mean, I, w- whatever I, it is, we like to hear it. I think that's important. I mean, I've addressed the, the way it needed to be with the Bobby Hunter send-off here. And, of course, it's going to dominate this episode. And where you're off is that if you shoehorn – Ward's character and Yo-Yo into this episode, then it becomes the DC universe and it's way too much. I don't know what their long-term plans are for, for Yo-Yo, but I'll tell you this, they must have known they were losing um, two people in the cast and people who need lines and story attention and all of that. Um, So, like I'm kind of okay setting her up as a distantly returning character. I mean, same thing with Joey. It was like I, I felt like when we saw Joey after the winter break was over, it was like, hey, it's Joey. I know him. Meanwhile, how many episodes was he in in the fall? Like you know, just a handful of them. Um, 
So it's kind of like the relationship with these characters grows when they're not on, um, which might sound a little silly because if you like them, then have them on the show most of all. But um, I don't know. I feel like the... I don't have a clear sense of where this is all headed, but I feel like it's all under this Malik umbrella, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. We kind of had the ward drawn in, and then now the post-ward era of the Malik arc, but this is almost the first time where there's been as strong a seasonal arc all season, courtesy of Malik. We had a note written into our Facebook page, Matt, uh, facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek. Believe it or not, and time does fly, that last week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the 100th episode of Marvel TV to date. We're now up over, uh, we're, we're at 114 suddenly with this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you know, 13 of Daredevil that dropped on Friday. But in response to our little note there, hey, calling out that 100th uh, episode of uh, Marvel TV and that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that the flagship was the the one, the mothership was the one that was able to plant that flag. Uh, Jeremy Richards wrote in um, agreeing that uh, Fantastic Geek is the only source for analysis of each and every one of those shows in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage now, and coming soon, even Iron Fist. These guys are informed, respect, and restrict spoilers, even though they seem to know so much, and they get their podcast out so damn quickly It's so easy to become an addict of their product as much as the source TV shows. Hey, you know, we like what we do. We have fun doing this. We love that the people out there, uh, all you listeners enjoy, enjoy what we do. We are, we are blessed that some of you have hopped over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fantastic geek, by the way. Uh, to help uh, to help us make the podcast happen in a in a financial way and with the, the costs that we do incur to to play in this sandbox, but um, really flattering words there and uh, and nice to kind of have that affirmation of of the fantastic geek uh, uh, canon as a whole, not just the the shield portion or the Daredevil or the Jessica Jones or the Agent Carter, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, Thank you for those happy words. Brenda Tackett, also on the Facebook page, wrote in to tell us and to tell me specifically because I was the one who misspoke. But she says, guys, Megaforce, which I made a reference to last week, which was a really cheesy yet hard to look away from uh, 80s action movie. It starred Barry Bostwick, not James Brolin, which I had said James Brolin. Just saying, love the podcast. And as I replied there, you're absolutely correct, Brenda. Thank you. And she replied that Barry Bostwick movies are a guilty pleasure of hers, to which I replied from Megaforce, Matt, deeds, not words. Just remember my deeds not my words, which ironically in a, in a word, in a verbal medium. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's, it, it's, it, it's all just geek necked in, in a really profound way. 
Jamie Patton writes in to Facebook, where was Mac in this episode? Did I miss a line or something about his whereabouts or what he was up to? This was, of course, about last week's episode. And, uh, you know, coyly, uh, as I usually man the Facebook there, Matt, I had asked her, did she really want to know, really want me to tell her? She said, I may not have your level of intel, but I've got an inkling, mostly just surprised no breadcrumbs were dropped like they were with Watchdog. Um, and then Robert T. Frost, of course, replied, maybe Mac was escorting Yo-Yo home like any proper gentleman would. There you go. Robert Frost with the with the save and the win right there. And lastly, Matt, we have a review left to the Fantastic Geek uh, pop culture feed, but nevertheless uh, referencing uh, our work with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, by Check Movie Fiend, which is, of course, the iTunes handle of Mary Kirk. The headline is Go To Source for MCU Breakdown Podcast. And it reads, these guys are simply the best. They are fans but they are not afraid to look at the shows slash movies with a critical eye and say if they really didn't like something. They are also very responsive to fans on Twitter and Facebook, and I admit I love hearing my name mentioned in podcast as part of the discussion. Smiley face. I can't recommend this podcast, Matt and Pete, highly enough if you enjoy the MCU. Five stars there. Thank you, Mary, very much. Absolutely, thank you, Mary. You've put a, you put a smile on our face at the end of this uh, this this joyous podcast. So, thank you again, Mary. And Pete, she mentioned the social medias. How could people be in touch with you on the Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K L R K E T. E-L-A-A-R, 7,331 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole host of ways. We are Fantastic Geek, and you can find us under that name with the Fantastic with the PH on the Gmail, the .com, the Twitter, and the Instagram. As well as Facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word really a great place we've had a lot of great uh cross conversations going not only with agents of shield but daredevil and whole bunch of other topics there so like it love it well with that pete i'm gonna say because that's the sound of me silently toasting you and our audience and await your final word my glass is up to you for a spy's goodbye.